Hey folks, hey. welcome in to Pro Football Ireland. Michael McQuaid, Jeff Rainbow. Thursday night, my time. I like Jeff. Where are you in the world right now, my friend? Hey, I am on the east, I'm on East Coast time right now, so it's five, just about five thirty. East Coast? Can yep. I ask you what you're doing on the East Coast, Jeff? Or we're just going to pretend that you're not on the East Coast? Or what? What's the I am on there? the East Coast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, okay, first off, how are you doing? You good? Good, man. How about you? I'm good. I'm just telling the masses that we're, you know, potentially live got, on Twitter right now. You know, is that you, you got any good crack for me? And um, well, just while just while I'm retweeting the multitasking right now, this podcast is going out on a Saturday morning. So I do want to say this is recorded on the fourth of May. So Jeff, I want to say may the fourth be with you. Um and <laughs> just 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 sort of get that out there. And and also to just to the Irish cohort listening, we're going on tour. It's a whole big thing. Um, most Sundays of the NFL season, apart from the London Germany games, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. Profootball.ie to check it out. Now, we can't, and Jeff, we'll just get to this right now. We can't talk about the international games, so please stop asking us, folks. We, we love you. We don't know when they're going to be announced, and we don't know what teams are going to be announced either, Jeff. Do we? We have no idea. No, I, no, we don't. But the great thing is the how much interest this has generated. I mean, this has become like immediately following the draft. The question everybody's asking is, who's playing in Germany? Who's playing in London? You know, who's where? Where? Which teams? Who's home team? All that stuff. So, I, I think it's going to be just another way of the NFL in their incredibly involved business acumen they are making us and hunger for more nfl all the time i mean it's unbelievable remember back, there was a day man where during this time of year now there was just like a lull right that everybody would be like on hiatus until until midsummer. but now it's just like there's another thing and another thing and another thing they've had this ability just to turn it into the whole year-round thing and it's I wouldn't say it's scary, but it's pretty insane the fact that they've been able to do that, you know, very easily. And it's it's funny because like it just sort of rolls in. I guess I guess you do have that February lull a little bit, which is nice for a little bit. But obviously, you know, me and you, Jeff, both enjoy getting into it and and sort of having a crack. I I will say for people obviously listening to the podcast channels, both ourselves, Jeff's podcast channels. Thank you very much for doing so. Please like, share, follow, subscribe. It really helps myself and Jeffrey here. And for people watching live, YouTube, type in Pro Football Ireland or type in Jeff Reinbold and hit comment and I'll be able to put your comments on screen. That's the best way to get your questions. And then we will answer questions, just not in relation to those international games yet. And they, it will come. Now, Jeff, let's say, let, let's say one thing about these international games um, because we are allowed to talk about this. You know, it's it's a rumor. It's, it's This is not a rumor at all. Whenever Neil, your friend Neil Reynolds, we all know Neil, right? He was on like a Buffalo Bills uh, television station. I don't know if it was like an official Bills station, but this was a good two or three months ago, like pre-Phoenix, pre-we all had a bit of fun in Phoenix. Like, and he was mentioning, you know, already that prospect of, could you imagine seeing Jacksonville playing Wembley one week and then play the Bills, for example, or the Titans in Tottenham the week after, or vice versa, Tottenham, then Wembley. And, um, you know, 
genuinely, Jeff, we don't know who's playing in London in terms of the away teams. We're just talking generally here, so we don't know, folks. I'm just going to ex- explicitly state that again because it is important to say that. But um, would you be up for that, seeing the Jags oh, play it, over two weeks? I, I think it would be fantastic. Here's why. Because that's another step towards having a team full-time, right? Because that's what's going to happen if a team does relocate to London, right? Like I say, I think it's going to be relocation. I don't think it's going to be an expansion in London. And when you, when you start thinking about that, okay, what are you doing? You're testing the waters for mm-hmm. how you're going to handle it logistically, right? And, you know, the NFL does an amazing, amazing job of testing markets, testing ideas, testing rules, testing protocols, testing the speed of the game, all that kind of stuff, because they're constantly interested in the next frontier, right? It's like you you, you use your uh, Star Wars analogy with, with the, may the may the fourth be with you. But the same thing's true. I'll go, you know, Starship Enterprise on you and just say that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a brave new frontier. They're always looking to challenge the status quo. How can they expand? How can they make it more accessible? How can they make it more controversial? How can they make it more dramatic? How can they make it better for the fan? And, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's one of the leading sports businesses in the world. I'm really intrigued by that prospect of, and the, the thing is, for people like you know, we again, we don't know what the games are at this point. We expect that that that, that will be announced at some point next week, and that's all I'm going to say without getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, Jeff, you sound like it, a guy. You sound like a guy who just got his wrist slapped. No, I just, I, I just want to, I want to keep everybody in suspense. And I like, look, we both know how big of a deal this is to the NFL because this is. Um, showcasing the away teams it's a big deal because a lot of teams fans and um, you know i i would think for example of certain franchises and you know again we have no idea but the cowboys haven't played here in years i have no idea if they're playing here this year but it's just like you know cowboys the ravens haven't played in a few years rams haven't played since twickenham if i'm correct so there's a few i, I could be wrong in the rams one but there are a few teams that are waiting there's a lot of expecting fans so we'll see yeah i mean i'm really about- intrigued though. Think about it, Michael. Last last year to have the Packers come, mm. how incredible was that? And how long a wait was that for? You know, and, and the Packers have a huge international following. We we know from the NFL UK Packers, you know, backers that they're very passionate and they're very much tuned into what goes on with their team. And so when they had an opportunity to see them for the first time. You know that that's got to be an unbelievable, unbelievable experience for a fan when their team comes over. I mean, you know, we, we're such good friends with the people at at uh, Touchdown Trips, and they do such a fantastic job. But it's also pretty cool when you don't have to go all the way to the United States to see your team play. That they come to London, and you can take the train into London and make it a you know make it a weekend and. Uh, I, so again, I think any time there's talk about these games, there's going to be a, a lot of interest and there's going to be a lot of discussion and a lot of people going to be chopping up different ideas and who should come and when they should come and why they should come. And, you know, so it just adds to the fervor. It adds to the to the it's like a, it's like blood in the water with sharks is what it reminds me of. I mean, it's just like they, will, they go crazy as soon as there's a drop. 
<laughs> well, there's um, it, it's funny because like yeah, obviously seeing Rogers play last year like was one thing. Obviously he's now left Green Bay. He's one and only time in London with Green Bay Packers. Seen that, and for a lot of people, well, a lot of people wanted to be there, but the opportunity to see Tom Brady in what was his well, unless something happens, his last international game, and. Um, I would just say to people, you know, don't don't believe the rumors you see online. Wait, find out with expectation. I'm sure you'll find out by this time next week. The schedule's out this day week as well, Jeff, which we're all very excited for. Actually, right enough. Hold on, here we go. Here's a question. Here's the TikTok reel for the week, mate. Who do you think NBC would open the season with? Because you got Kansas City. Now, I'll double check this when you're talking. I'm nearly certain they have a repeat game against the Eagles. Am I mad and thinking that NBC might go sort of go away from that, right, and go with an AFC West team? I think they're absolutely nuts if they do, because as great as that Super Bowl was, and uh, the two marquee young quarterbacks that you have, and all of the things that have transpired in the off season, I think that would be. I mean, certainly that's box office, right? And the NFL doesn't miss many times on those kind of deals. And um, right over under how many games the Jets play in primetime? I'm going to say over five. Is that insane with Aaron Rodgers? No, I think that's going to be the Aaron Rodgers effect. You know, first of all, you know, you're talking about a team in the in the largest media market in the United States, right? And now you've got one of the biggest stars of the game in that market. This is going to generate incredible, incredible interest. You know, I thought it was really interesting, Michael. There was a piece that came out today that I saw and they, the some of the Jets players described themselves as being starstruck by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's amazing. And I well, remember... Wilson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I remember guys talking about Brady like that. Other players on team, other teams. Like how incredible it was to, to when he was there. He, he was, you know, on the field. And, you know, I can't even remember who the guy was a couple of years ago, picks a ball off and asks him to go over and autograph it after, the, after the game. I mean, <laughs> that's starstruck right there. It's insane. And it's funny because it, it just shows you the effect as well. Doesn't it? Like I, you know, for, for people uh, watching this also, we're talking about international games just before we move on folks, there was the announcement today of the IPP, the international player pathway, for this year multiple players from africa namely nigeria uh, also players from france and australia and jeff it shows you the commitment i i i know oc is doing massive stuff in africa but just around the league i mean for a guy like yourself that was in the nfl europe office for so many years in london apparently you and me were in the closet or was it you and henry i don't know in the in like a little room you were saying was, about no, that was now that, that let me get you the true true story on it that was henry <laughs> who now runs that office and neil who was a young young that's uh, what it was and you were the manager am I, am I correct yeah and then they used to go in during their lunch hour and they would throw passes in the stock room and one of them would put on shuggy's helmet that's <laughs> like nuts but that's another story <laughs> you know let, let's talk about that uh it's really interesting to me you mentioned about the player pathway thing, and I think that's fantastic, right? What's happening. And, you know, we had five Canadian players drafted this year in the, in the national football league, five of them out of, out of this country. 
and it just goes to show you the impact of the growth of the game internationally. So as we start to look forward down the road, I think the NFL can't wait for the day that there's not only five Canadians drafted, but there's five Europeans and five Africans and, you know, five Australians and, you know, Philadelphia now having an office in, in uh, Australia full-time Philadelphia Eagles have a, you know, guy down there, Chris Naoli down there scouting. I, I think it just speaks volumes to what's going on. What's really interesting to me, Mike, is when, when the player pathway program started, right? It was under a different name and I worked in the program and I remember we went to New York to the NFL offices to do a presentation on where the NFL said they wanted international players. So they Mm -hmm. wanted us to come up with a document about what was the procedure, how to do it. You know, how do we, how do we create this pathway? And we talked about demographics and you got to go where the players are and you got to understand, you know, what an NFL player has to be able to physically do. And one of the places that you know, we talked about, we need to go to Polynesia, we need to go to Australia, New Zealand, we need to go to Paris, we need to go to London, major metropolitan areas where there are more players. And we need to go uh, to Africa, right? And they came back and just said, said, nah, we're not really interested in that. Because it was really the, the football players were the secondary part of it player development was the secondary part of it. The, the whole thing was based upon how could they expand the brand into those countries where people spent money on sport, right? And if you study, if you talk to the marketing guys, Japan, England, Mexico, they're crazy for their sporting teams and they'll spend money on. So that's where our, that's where our scouting went to, right? Hmm. Now what they've realized, and OC's been really instrumental in this with his with his uh, with his initiative into Africa, is they recognize that there is talent out there internationally, and you look at the the number of African kids that are now at the NFL Academy in London, and you see just tremendous athletes on the come. So I think it's going to be more and more and more guys drafted into the National Football League from around the world each time you know uh we talked about we talked to tag leader about his young kicker and you know the possibility of that kid now going over and playing in the united states which is the first step towards uh you know the that kid having an opportunity to go to the national football the cfl just had their draft and their global initiative they've got players from all over the place kids from england kids from france kids from American Samoa, a bunch of Australians. So it's growing. The game is growing internationally. And that's, there are more kids playing on the professional level, international players playing on the professional level than there have ever been. It, it, it's, it's great to see it. And obviously you've got the academy in the UK as well. I was talking to Tiger about that actually a few weeks ago. I'll not go too much into it, but um, I don't think, I think for people, especially in Ireland, watching or listening, I don't think we're far off from seeing the GEA player, whether active or a young player, making it onto that because they're now looking at the kicker position and seeing, well, if there is a, 
not professional but highly amateur league or in terms of like a very very good standard league close to the uk i think that could be something in the future i've got a couple of comments you have to just while we're on this topic first one's from johnny mcgill michael i can see the pain in your voice after that united loss johnny it could be worse i could be a leeds fan like whoa, jeff here whoa, 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 so whoa, whoa, whoa. um well we got fran hey, who <laughs> hey, how about how about my listen why are you talking about that and first of all johnny where are you from right he's from ireland he's grand. He, he put it on twitter it's great right. so johnny here's the thing we fired our manager on his birthday now that's not the most if that's not the most leads thing ever 30 leads is like, but Sam Alderdice is going to keep us out of relegation. Mark my word. Oh, man. Did you hear what he said the other day that he's better? He thinks he's as good as Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola and all. The man, like, let's not, let's not start talking about Big Sam here. Like, I, I like, like, Big Sam is comedic value, but they're going down, man. And Jeff, they are going down, 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 and they're not coming back up again. Anywho, Fran Glancy. Hi, Fran. Thank you very much for, um, for joining the show. Uh, I don't know. He didn't say, but Fran, let us know in the comments where you're from and I'll tell you after. Don't worry. Question on the IPP process. How are these guys from Nigeria getting picked? Are they playing competitively in Nigeria or in Europe? Or is it physical attributes only slash intangibles? Love to see it. That, Jeff, that's a really interesting question because whenever I had the opportunity to tour Inglewood a couple of weeks ago with the, that new NFL building, I met the head of one of the managers in International and she was saying that she was going out to Kenya the week after. And I was like, you're going to Kenya? And then it turns out there was this massive like campus in Kenya and there was like hundreds of players. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Are they playing competitively in Nigeria? The game's in its infancy, right, in Africa. Now, there, have, there are some teams in Africa that play, yes, right, throughout the continent. But the majority of these guys are guys that don't have tremendous football backgrounds. But what they do have is the athletic traits that you look for. And, and I think this is, this is important that the fans understand this is this is kind of like how the system works. There's a pool of talent guys who have the physical attributes to play the game. And then those guys, it, as you go, as you go up, it's this a funnel till you get out of the top. And, you know, I think that, what they're doing is by taking the game to those kids and introducing them, you know, it's, and they do a great job. They bring equipment, they bring expertise, they try and encourage coaching. They, you know, all of it. Right. Because here's the thing that is really true about this whole initiative. I don't care where you're talking about it. Football development and fan development are basically the same thing. And the sooner when the NFL figured that out, the football development and fan development go hand in hand, then they've really expanded, you know, tenfold what they've done in the past. Females, like, for example, bringing women into the game, what are they doing when they spend money on flag football and women's football? They're not trying to find NFL players out of the women's game, right? If that would happen, that'd be fantastic but what they are on what they're building is a whole nother fan base and the women are passionate about the game they're passionate about I, you know i went and, and spent uh a day with the with the uh great britain lionesses right and i and you know went through practice with them the whole thing and it was like hey these these girls were 
serious athletes. It wasn't just, you know, some slap together deal. These coaches coached hard. The, the players were there to learn. They paid attention in meetings. I mean, it was, a, it was, it was as if you're in any other training camp. And I think that's, again, helping to build fans. We got Mark from Ireland talking about the physical and athletic attributes. Uh, just a message to Jared there. Thanks for watching. Mate. Put that GA question on PFI Plus, if you remember. Put it in the comments and I will answer that in detail 100%. Thank you very much. Uh, Fran is from Roscommon. He says he's the Kansas of Ireland. And we've, it's turned into like an IPP podcast. It's pretty cool, Jeff. But David Jackson um, says, sorry, Michael, but love Jeff. Thanks, David. I'm, I'm joking. Um, Jeff, what would be the most important skill? a QB needs in 2023. Can I go first, Jeff, just for the crack and give my answer? Yep. The ability to throw the ball more than 30 yards properly. That's all I'm going to say. I'm joking. <laughs> Running, dual threat. I think, I, you know what, I think that's really a great question because the, the talk, we're talking about the evolution of the position, right? But really, the quarterback position still comes down to two, I think, most important factors. And when you talk to great quarterback coaches, I think they all say this in their own way. Number one, your ability to make good decisions with the ball, right? And number two is your accuracy with the football, because there are some guys who are extremely good that don't have big arms. And that, you know, we've seen that over time. And there's some guys with huge arms that never can quite get it done. So every quarterback coach that I speak to, those they're going to have those two traits somewhere in their evaluation of a quarterback. Ability to make good decisions with the ball and the ability to, to be accurate with the football. Now, the game is changing. The position, the, the requirements of the position are changing. It's more and more do, they're looking for guys who can make plays with their feet, who can avoid the rush, who can extend plays, all of that kind of stuff. That didn't used to be a big factor. They wanted a big, strong guy that could stand in the pocket and throw strikes. Well, the game is so much different now than it's ever been. They're protected in different ways, right? The rules protect them now. They, you didn't get out of the pocket in the old days because if you got out of the pocket, you were going to get hurt, right? Hmm. And I remember, and this is, I, I know this, this is a true story. When, when um, Culpepper was at Minnesota, all right, and he was having a lot of success running around because he's a big, strong athlete. He was Cam Newton before there was Cam Newton, Duante. So when Duante Culpepper was in Minnesota, one of the defensive coordinators, and I won't use the name, in, the, in that division, told his defense, anytime he gets out of the pocket, hit him in the legs, right? Strike him in the legs. And so, you know, you can't, you can't do some of the things that you used to be able to do to quarterbacks, right? And mm. does it, does it frustrate us? Yeah, sometimes because you see guys get tackled and a flag goes up, but the NFL understands that their money is those quarterbacks, right? And we've, you know, we saw it in Denver a couple of years ago when they didn't have a healthy quarterback due to COVID and they're out there with a kid who had no chance. And, you know, that's not what we're, that's not what the fans pay their money to see. They want to see the superstars and the superstars in our game are the quarterbacks. Well, that was a fun day whenever that happened, the quarterback. Um, 
Got a, just a very quick comment there from CK in London. It's great to see the development of football back in the UK as a D1 football player from London. It's something he's very proud of. I'm very, I'm very proud of the development. Absolutely, mate. I think the work that's going on over there is just, just it's just great to see. And, and you can see the um, even over the last five or ten years, just sort of the the rewards from all that hard effort that so many people are doing. And you know, Jeff, I, I know over the over the last few years you've had different people on on your show on on your podcast that work on, on the nfl academy and there, there is a lot of people putting a lot of time and a lot of hours in that maybe aren't mentioned but they're definitely doing an awful lot for the game here so i i, I fully agree with that statement completely man um it's a good one have you something yeah. to say I, I, yeah yeah I do, I do because you know i think that the nfl uk people don't get the credit that they deserve for what they do to help grow this game, right? And I'm going back to a guy that that I had the opportunity to work for um, in when I worked in the London office, Alistair Kirkwood. And he, I mean, there should be a statue outside of Wembley to him for his, I mean, he put his career on the line to get games here, right? And he was the biggest proponent when, when there was so many people in New York we're pushing back and saying, Hey, that'll never work. We'll ne- you know, there, Michael, if you could remember what it was like when those first games first came over and how the, you know, the American fans were like, what are we doing over there? They don't even understand again, you know, all that stuff. Not only that, but how they've helped develop the game, officiating, coaching, playing all those aspects, all those different areas, structure, all those different areas, so many people deserve so much credit in that NFL UK office. And I don't think they get the amount of credit that they're due. You know, and, and people like you and, and Neil and everybody else in the media that love this game, that's infectious. And that's how the game grows on the grassroots level. Yeah, I, I don't think we'd be sitting here today if it wasn't like chatting, if it wasn't for people like I putting putting the hard miles in and just doing that just over the first few years especially all, all the international games I, I i am i have to say i am uh, i'm looking forward to seeing the games when they were announced next week um i am and you know that's as much as I, that's as much as i'll say because i i'd like people to be surprised i think you know i think you know if we if we were only given the opportunity to have one game in london and a game in germany hypothetically i think you know people 15 years ago or 20 years ago would have bit their arm off for that so we should be very happy that you know we are going to see potentially 10 different quarterbacks potentially five different games um and that's i, th- I think that's gonna it's gonna be awesome to see i you know selfishly from looking at the schedules and with no knowledge genuinely whatsoever and um, you know i'd love to see justin herbert and the Chargers play over here and um, I'd love to see the Ravens play against the Jags, uh, or the Niners play against the Jags. But uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can see potentially the the marketing role maybe playing bigger a bigger thing. But we will know by this time next week. That's something I can say. Like that, that'll be announced before the actual Michael, announcement. Michael, think about it. Where, not your generation, but certainly the the people of my generation, right? That first listened to Armed Forces Radio right? So that they could hear what an NFL game sounded like. Whether you're an expat that was 
you know, over here working or living over here, or you were somehow, you somehow found football some way. And, and that was the only football you could get. Right. And you mm. never, there was no, there was no football on television. Then all of a sudden channel four came on and then sky and then, you know, watch how that has grown from its infancy into now what, what the broadcasts have become. I just think it's amazing. It's such an incredible time to be a to be a football fan in the UK, in Ireland, in Europe, around the world. Let's uh, let's use this podcast as like an international IPP games are coming up sort of podcast, and we'll let's let's dive into the draft in a different podcast, Jeff, because I think it needs and it deserves the right amount of time because there's so many things we could talk about. We could talk about Joey Porter Jr. for five minutes. We could talk about your Raiders getting Michael Mayer for twenty minutes. But let's we'll see if you have like we'll see if we can do it tomorrow. We'll, we'll see the crack. I mean, I, I know there's already a arrest warrant out for you in Indianapolis, or just after <laughs> just after yesterday, just in terms of what you said about Jim Irsay. But uh, there was, there, you know, there there were a few questions that came in. Hey, all right, um, before you before we go, let me clear. Let me let me make perfectly clear what for so everybody understands. I'm not a an anti-Colt guy. I'm a, I'm a Chris Ballard fan, right? Oh, somebody's got ESPN in this phone. Um, <laughs> but I just think that it's almost unfair what they've done to that kid. How it's, you know, he is not ready, in my opinion, to take over that ship. Now, if they can find a way for him to, to develop, and Station's going to do a great job with him. I agree with that. He's got a huge upside, but he's also got a very – very real floor and we see it okay the expectation level now for him is i i I don't know i don't know if it's good for the player right because everybody expects him to come in and be superman what i hear the comparisons to cam newton right Mm. cam newton right started for two years on a national championship Auburn team. He he played junior college on a national championship Blinn Junior College team in Texas, right? He had much more film, much more footage, much, much he would've been in many more situations. He'd started more games, right? And even Cam struggled early, right? So to take a kid who started 13 games in his career and think he's going to be a world beater when he comes to Indianapolis that's too much pressure they said I, they, somebody said light comparison to to luck only athletically only athletically because luck was the son of an NFL quarterback he grew up around the game he was a great player in in Texas as a high school kid went to Stanford and started for I don't know how many games at Stanford right he was so hmm. much more developed than Anthony Richardson is at the same time, it's not close. Now, can Anthony Richardson become a great player? His physical attributes tell you yes, right? But it ain't going to be tomorrow. It ain't going to be next year. So I'm just hopeful. That's, yeah. I'm hopeful for the player. That's on me for putting that behind the paywall for 24 hours. So, Jeff, I'm putting it, I put it behind the paywall for, 20, for 24 hours. It's going out tomorrow morning, everyone's time, like literally like 3 in the morning, unless you're Jeff, who's like, I don't know what – could be like next Wednesday or I don't know what day or what time it is. That's my fault, Jeff. I put it on a, a like a five euro a month paywall for people like, like Fred Flunk who said Mahalo. 
Big shout I, out to Freddie. My brother. Uh, I was doing eight. There's a cowboy fan right there. That's guy. I want to talk to him. I want to talk. Fred, you better get on the next Jeff Reinbold show and explain to me why you took Mazzy Smith with the first pick. Well, that that's a very good one. I'm actually I've, I've got four questions, right? Four All questions. Right. I, I I know you're a busy man. You're being very mysterious with that backdrop, Jeff. I'm just gonna put it out there, you know, publicly to people. I'm joking. Um Emmett Donlin, whose profile picture is you manhandling him in, in Ireland. <laughs> is um <laughs> he said the following uh, thoughts on the Patriots draft approach slash banking on Bill O'Brien to solve the offense. We talked about this a little bit on this podcast that we done last night, which is dropping tomorrow uh, on on both your show server and ours. You know, getting Gonzalez so high up, but obviously Bill O'Brien coming in, you know, they're, they're trying to fix that offense. Can it be fixing Mac Jones, Jeff? Well, I don't know if it can be. It, it depends on what you're talking about fixing the offense, right? Are they going to be prolific on offense like the Bills can be and like the Dolphins should be and like the Jets may be? No, hmm. but that's not going to be their recipe to win. Their recipe has always been, even when Brady was there, they're going to play great defense first, right? And you look at their draft selections, and I think they did a good job of going out early, particularly, and getting quality defensive help. The question is still with the Patriots, do they have enough weapons outside, right? And they will be, I think, infinitely better with Bill O'Brien as a coordinator than, you know, Matt Patricia and Joe judge. I, and that's not a knock on them. It's just I, Bill O'Brien's done it. He had success there previously. Um, I, I think that they'll be much further along, but are they going to be able to score enough points against that level of competition? I don't know. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? Another million dollar question for guys like fantasy guys, gals, whatever. Gary McGurk, getting all the getting all the dubs in here, my mentions here, Dublin man. Which offensive skill player from last year's draft will make the biggest jump in year two? I am hoping for Sky Moore. Sky Moore was talked about as this guy that was going to break out. I mean, I, I know he had some you know standout performances, especially second half of the season, but. That could be a massive year too for him, man. If he comes in and does well, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think <clears throat> Sky Moore is one of those kids that you know came into the league with again probably unrealistic expectations in terms of how he was going to play early in his career, and I think that what he's shown is over the last half of the season that he was trending. He was starting to figure it out. You know, we talk, we, when you listen to players talk, a lot of times they'll talk about how the game slowed down for him at some point, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think that's what we started to see with him. Now a full off season, all the OTAs, all the mini camps. See, those kids don't get that when they come out in the draft. So he's going to be so much farther ahead. Just even knowing what it means to be a pro, how to prepare, what, it, what your week work week's like, all of that stuff is, you know, Unless you've been through it, you you can't know. Because here's the deal. In college, you can only have them for 20 hours a week, right? Well, when you come to the National Football League, there's no clock, right? So those guys are in there at 6, and a lot of them are there for 12-hour days. And, you know, it's a total different thing for a rookie. 
when he comes in. I love that, man. Big time, especially with the whole change in perception hours available. Andrew D, penultimate question, uh, who is from Wales? Cymru? You ever, you ever been to Cymru, Jeff? No, I have, I have not had, had the chance. Good Lord, what was that? That was like the... I'm, I'm so sorry for everyone listening to this podcast in the jokey way for getting the heart attack and be driving, Jeff, and they've heard that. It's a nice ringtone. Um, Andrew D from Wales is saying, Coach, obviously you're a big Raiders nation, man. What do you think of the draft for, for the Raiders? That was some pick in the first round, Jeffrey. Tyree? I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think, you know what, that's a really, really interesting one to me, what the Raiders did with the draft, because you look at the Raiders and, you know, obviously he gives them the opportunity to put another guy on the field opposite of Mad Max who can push the proc push the pocket. That guy's a, that guy's a freak of nature in terms of what he can do athletically. And it's going to be good, I think, because Rob Ryan's going to get a chance to coach him personally. And Rob's a great football coach and, and mm. will really help that young kid. Um, you look at the other things that the Raiders did, Michael Mayer, right? One of the things that McDaniel's offense has always had was great tight end play, right? Now, I, I don't think Mayer was the best tight end. I think Kincaid was the best tight end. I think that's the way it played out. Mayor was too many times a body catcher for me when I looked at him on tape, but I think he has the unique skill set. They call him baby Gronk, right? Well, that's, that's high praise, right? Even if you're baby Gronk, that's high praise. And the ability to help the quarterback with your tight end, and he can play in the slot, he can play in line, he can do all those things. Um, I just think that's another really good pick for the Raiders. And, Last question. I know I know we got some in the comments, but I will go back. Actually, you know, I'll jump on this one very quickly. David Jackson saying, random question, Jeff. When you were in the CFL, did one of your players get hit by a deer? Is that is is, is that a thing or is that a <laughs> did that actually happen or no? That, all right. That that's a that's a, how in the world does that guy know that? Right? <laughs> Maybe he's watching it right now because you know we had so. we had a kid. And I won't use his name. We're getting ready to play, right? Getting ready to open the season, right? And they, but they were in McMaster University, which is right closer to Hamilton. And uh, he was taking a walk outside at night, and a deer busted through some, you know, like came out of the woods and scared him and he turned to run and he turned and the deer didn't get him but he but he ran into a low like a low fence line thing Jesus. and tore his leg up and we lost him for six weeks so that, that was the incident we had with the deer wow i mean that is oh, i don't know uh, last, last question that's why they say it's hard to win in football i mean sometimes even the animals are against you <laughs> Last question is from Brendan McCallion, who's a Donegal man. Brendan, I'm I'm gonna try and get Jeff to come to Donegal next year or Derry or somewhere in the northwest. We'll see if we can get him up that far. Maybe get Jay Bell up as well because he's a big Vipers man. See if we can get his agent on the phone. Jeff might help us there. And um, Jets predictions for the year, Jeff. Let me let, let me just say this. Under seven wins. The Jets? 
I'm joking. I had 12. How's 12? <laughs> in the well, AFC East. <laughs> well, you know, think about it. If you're playing in the AFC East, which is going to be a beast of a division next year, right? I mean, think about it. Mike, you've got quarterbacks at every spot in that division. And when you look at it, in in some ways, you could say Tua was the the top-rated quarterback in the league last year, right? Mm. You got a Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. You got one of the rising stars in the league, one of the top maybe five quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen. And you got Mac Jones, who had a brilliant rookie season and then slipped a little bit last year, but he's shown that he can do it. So there's no easy out in that division. Okay, so if you if you just think of it this way, they're going to play – uh, they're going to play two, four, six division games, right? Okay, if you if you split in your division and go three mm-hmm. and three, you're doing pretty good, right? And then you got to figure, okay, if you win your home games because you got eleven others, right? This that's five, six, seven, eight. There's eight right there to get to twelve. You, you got to have to play real good football on the road. Right. I mean, real good football in a row. So 12 to me would be outside number, like a high number. And I could also see as low as eight. I mean, I just think that's the way it is. Who's going to play tackle right now? Is Becton going to be able to, is Mackay Becton going to be able to stay healthy? That's, that's a huge issue. You know, it's, it's, there's so many things that factor into it, but the expectation for the first time, in that organization is that they're, they're going to be a factor in the playoff race, right? Some say even the Super Bowl. I think you better pump the brakes on that one. But there are those people who say that they're ready to do, make that jet, make that step. Christ, could you imagine Vegas, Joe Namath, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets? It's all set up for that, baby. Um, let's see, let's see. Right here, I got to hit my lab. I'm, I'm tired, but I'm sorry. I know it's like 9 o'clock in the morning over there or whatever on like Monday, but um, Jeff... We will talk about the draft properly. We'll put it on a podcast. We'll probably put it on, I'll probably put it in PFI Plus first. Can I just thank everyone that subscribed to that this week, whether it's paid or free or whatever? Really, really appreciate it. Jeff, I'm going to do like a Peter King Irish style column every Tuesday. I'm going to call it um, Tuesday Morning's Cup and Tea, which is Tuesday Morning's Cup of Tea. So um, I'm not even joking. I got that's going to happen, but just just a massive. Uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. The more we're talking football, and I and I want to second what you just said. Thank you to everybody who tunes in, everybody that listens every week, everybody that subscribes on on YouTube and all the other di- different platforms that this stuff goes out on. It really, really is fun, and I and I appreciate you all very, very much. I second what Jeffrey said, and I will say to people, if you've been living under a rock on social media this week, we are going, I am going, PFI is going to Dublin, Belfast, Derry, Antrim, Oma, Cork, Limerick, Mullingar, and Dundalk during the season. Uh, do come and see us. If you are a member, you can get in for free. And then we're going to try and pull this man out from London at some point in January, maybe and get him over again as in Jeff we'll see what we can do uh, it's 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 going to be a good it's, it's going to be a good season I'm really looking forward to it and yes Jeff um, we're 43 minutes in here the schedule's out next Thursday the international games are out before that probably towards 
some point next week before Thursday. Uh, and hopefully, folks, your team plays and, and, and you get to see the team or the games that you want. I'm sure Jeff will have great games in London and, and, and Frankfurt or Munich. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be great crack. But Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, you can ca- catch Jeff on social media at Jeff underscore Reinbold. Search his podcast, The Jeff Reinbold Show. We're back next week. I'm, are, are we going to get Ollie back on and talk some talk we some need, We need to get Ollie back on. And, and uh, you know, Ollie's already gone into the college football depths already i mean that guy as soon as the draft's over he jumps right back in he starts looking at next year's class already i love him man he's the greatest man uh here thank you thank you so much folks if you're not if i'm not chatting to you have a great weekend Iowa, good night god bless jeff mahalo my friend thank you all right take care man and See you know what jeff you, you, like do you know what the bad thing is i should have hit this like three minutes ago this year <laughs> yeah there you go i i will see you tomorrow we'll do it again do it again cheers jeff All right, mate.